Welcome to the Refine Your Health podcast with Dr. Dion. I'm a primary care physician, and now I can happily add podcaster. Tune in to each episode to hear great information on improving health outcomes, disease prevention, and overall community health advocacy. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into today's episode to improve your health. Hello, listeners. This is your host, Dr. Dion. Thanks for checking out this episode of Refine Your Health. And I just want to say thank you to all of the listeners who have subscribed to the podcast. I really appreciate the support. And please continue to share with family and friends the podcast, as well as for you all who are just tuning in for the first time and checking out the podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. So now let's get into our episode for today. We are in the month of June and this month is dedicated to men's health. And so I wanted to focus on a topic that is beneficial for the men. Now, ladies, I don't need you to just say I'm a check out for this episode. You all have men in your lives that are important to you. And so this would be beneficial for the uncles, fathers, cousins, brothers, and just friends and colleagues in your lives that may benefit from the information that I provide from this episode. So please stay tuned and check this episode out. So for Men's Health Month, this episode, I want to focus on high cholesterol. And the reason I want to talk about high cholesterol is that men are at increased risk at an earlier age than women in developing what we call atherosclerosis. And the risk of developing atherosclerosis is increased by elevated cholesterol levels. And so this episode, we're going to be focusing on high cholesterol and talking about that condition and the importance in men's health, as well as Women, you'll benefit as well from this episode, but I just want to focus on that particular area because atherosclerosis, if it develops in an individual, increases their risk for number one cause of death, which in the in the U.S. is heart attack, as well as the fifth leading cause of death in the U.S., which is stroke. So that's why it's so important to discuss this topic. So what is cholesterol? Cholesterol is considered a waxy substance and there are benefits from cholesterol. So all cholesterol isn't bad. So cholesterol provides the benefit of performing certain jobs in the body, such as making hormones, vitamins, and digesting fatty foods that we may consume. And there are two sources of cholesterol. One source for cholesterol is the blood cholesterol, which is the waxy fat-like substance that is made by our liver. And then there's dietary cholesterol. That's what we consume on a daily basis as far as the animal foods that we may consume, such as meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, and dairy products. So there are different types of cholesterol. There's good cholesterol. And then there's bad cholesterol. Now, the good cholesterol is called high-density lipoprotein. And the bad cholesterol is considered LDL, which is the low-density lipoprotein. Another form of cholesterol is triglycerides. And it's considered the most common type of fat in the body. And it stores excess energy from food from your diet. So now that we've talked about what is cholesterol and the types of cholesterol, you may be asking yourself, okay, doc, now what are the signs and symptoms of high cholesterol? There are no signs and symptoms that will alert you that you have high cholesterol. So that's the concern. In addition, according to the Center for Disease Control, 93 million adults 20 years or older have high cholesterol. And some of us 
aren't aware that we have it. So that's why it is so important to know what is cholesterol and what are the types. And since there are no signs and symptoms, now we need to talk about who is at risk for developing high cholesterol. And so there are certain types of conditions that will place you at increased risk for high cholesterol. One is type 2 diabetes, being overweight or being obese, having a family history. You know, it just runs in your family as well as aging. As we age, our body can't clear cholesterol as well. So that increases our risk. And we have a condition that is known as familial hypercholesteremia, which is considered a genetic condition. And 1.3 million adults in the United States have this condition. And 10% of this number are aware that they have it. That's a pretty alarming statistic, seeing that you have 1.3 million and only 10% are aware that they have it. So it's important to know your family history first and foremost, and then also know the risks that go along with medical conditions that you may be diagnosed with. Now that we've talked about conditions that somewhat we don't have control over, such as age or familial hypercholesteremia or just that genetic risk factor. In addition to conditions that individuals may have been diagnosed with that increase their risk for high cholesterol, there are certain behaviors that increase your risk of developing high cholesterol. And that number one is your dietary choices. So eating a diet high in saturated fat, that means consuming such foods as beef, lamb, pork, butter, cream, and cheese made from whole or 2% milk. And for those individuals who may consume a more of a plant-based type of diet, consuming coconut oil, cocoa butter, palm oils, and consuming diets uh, high in trans fat, that includes fried foods, a lot of fast food, pastries, consuming cookies, crackers, comes from consuming pie crust when you eat certain types of desserts. In addition to poor dietary choices, not getting enough physical activity increases your risk of developing high cholesterol. Smoking increases your risk of developing high cholesterol. This is where it can lower your good cholesterol, which we discussed, which is your high density lipoprotein. And by smoking, it can damage and harden the blood vessels within the body. Now that you know the risk factors that places you at increased risk for developing high cholesterol. I want to talk about the conditions that develop from high cholesterol if it goes uncontrolled. And I mentioned it earlier in the episode, one is heart disease as well as stroke. And the reason that you're at an increased risk for these conditions is because cholesterol is a waxy substance that can build up if it's too much within the body in the blood vessels which are called the arteries. And if it builds up there, it can cause a blockage. So if you block the main blood vessels that supply the heart, that increases your risk for a heart attack. And the same goes for if you block the main blood vessels that supply blood to the brain, that increases your risk of stroke. And also give the example of if you increase, you know, plaque buildup to other parts of the body. So that could be your lower leg area. And if you have blockage there, that 
develops into a condition that we know as peripheral vascular disease. So you have pain when you ambulate and because there's decreased blood circulation to your lower leg region and it's better with rest just depending on how severe the blockage is. There are other conditions that may result from elevated cholesterol levels, but that's a little bit too detailed for this episode. But the main diagnosis of concern from uncontrolled cholesterol is risk of heart attack, peripheral vascular disease, and stroke. So now that we've talked about the risk factors that increases the chances of developing high cholesterol, you may be asking yourself, how do I find out if I have high cholesterol? Great question. It would be best if you have not established care with a primary care physician to do so. And for those of you who have not um, seen your primary care physician in a while, it'll be great to schedule an appointment. It's important to have this done through a primary care office so they can continue to monitor it. Your cholesterol can be checked through a simple blood test and it's a fasting blood test. So basically you need to fast for at least eight hours before you get your blood drawn to test for cholesterol. So basically nothing to eat or drink, probably could have water, unsweetened tea or straight black coffee, no creams, no sugars. And that's if you absolutely feel like you need to consume something and you can't last that long before you have your cholesterol drawn. But definitely no food consumption because having different foods or condiments that can alter the cholesterol levels can give you a false elevation. And we want that level to be as accurate as possible with a fasting cholesterol reading. And once you get this test done, your physician will look at the numbers, consider your risk factors, what we discussed, if you have any other medical conditions such as heart disease or diabetes, high, including high blood pressure, as well as a family history of certain medical conditions. And based on those numbers, a physician can calculate your risk of developing a heart attack or stroke within your lifetime. And based on that, recommendations are made on the management of your cholesterol levels. And I like to preface that by saying that if your cholesterol levels come back within normal range, doesn't necessarily mean that you're great. That's good if you don't have any risk factors. However, if you do have risk factors such as heart disease or diabetes or some other medical condition that may increase your risk for developing heart attack or stroke or even some lifestyle choices that increases your risk for developing a heart attack or stroke. Your physician, even though may be within normal range based on your calculations for lifetime risk or 10-year risk of developing heart attack or stroke, they may want those numbers to be a little bit lower. So each case will be individualized based on your medical history as well as your family history to go from there on the best route of management. Now, what's on a typical cholesterol lab panel that's obtained when you go to the doctor's office? They'll check your total cholesterol and typical goal range should be less than 200 milligrams per deciliter. They also look at the good cholesterol, which is the HDL, which is the high density lipoprotein. Goal roughly should be greater than 40. And for the bad cholesterol, which is the LDL, should be less than 100 milligrams per deciliter if it's considered to be normal range. And the triglycerides 
should be less than 150 milligrams per deciliter. And another bad cholesterol is the VLDL, which is the very low density lipoprotein that should be less than 30. So those are some rough estimates. Each lab is going to be different as well as I mentioned previously that your goal range will depend on your risk factors. So that's something that will need to be discussed with your primary care provider or specialist to determine your goals. So let's talk about ways that high cholesterol is managed. You say, hey, I have the unfortunate diagnosis of being diagnosed with high cholesterol. Once you get those results, the main thing that I focus on with a lot of my patients, and I'm sure many of my colleagues do the same, is your behavior as far as lifestyle choices that can help improve your cholesterol numbers. And that's pretty much what we mentioned earlier. Getting more active if you haven't been active as far as physical exercise. Getting that 150 minutes of moderate exercise, that means about two and a half hours per week of exercise with a couple of days of strength training. Now, if you haven't been physically active for a long period of time and you're about to embark on a new exercise regimen, I would advise you to consult your physician before doing so, so that you can decrease your risk of injury as well as any complications of starting a new exercise routine. In addition to exercise, I mentioned earlier the risk of poor dietary choices. So making better food choices is going to be beneficial. So a heart healthy nutrition plan is going to be beneficial to decrease your risk of developing high cholesterol. So you may be asking yourself, what does a heart healthy nutrition plan look like? That means basically decreasing the amount of fried foods in your nutrition plan. So what you prepare at home, decrease fast food intake, decrease a lot of these prepared frozen meals because that's a lot of processed foods. So trying to avoid a lot of the processed foods that are out there, increasing more baked, more grilled meats in your dietary choices, as well as decrease in saturated and trans fats that I mentioned earlier, increasing your fiber intake, um, such as oatmeal and things of that nature, consuming healthier foods, such as different types of seafood, such as salmon, trout, herring that contain unsaturated types of fats, as well as the use of different types of vegetable oils have been beneficial, such as olive, canola, safflower, sunflower, as well as soybean as examples. And instead of using a lot of butter and cream, you can probably use more of the soft types of margarine that comes in the liquid or tub form that will be a lot healthier and they're more vegetable based than uh, what you would use as far as the hard stick butters and creams. And if you're more plant-based, consuming more avocado, walnuts, olives, things of that nature, and making sure that you increase in plenty of fruits and vegetables have been beneficial as far as a healthy heart nutrition plan. In addition to physical fitness and making healthier food choices for the smokers that I see in the office, and I'm sure as well as for my colleagues, the emphasis is on quitting smoking. Based on research, this will significantly decrease individuals risk for developing atherosclerosis with a history of high cholesterol. So quitting smoking is definitely going to be beneficial for majority of the patients out there who smoke. 
Also, decreasing or limiting your consumption of alcohol is going to be beneficial in decreasing your risk of developing high cholesterol. Now, regardless if you are trying to prevent or have been diagnosed with high cholesterol, healthy lifestyle choices is going to be the mainstay to help improve numbers or to keep your numbers from increasing as far as high cholesterol. And let's say you have put all these things into place as far as healthy lifestyle choices, but unfortunately you just have these medical conditions that increase your risk regardless of doing these interventions as far as behavioral you will likely need some type of medication if your level remains high despite these conservative measures or if you do have a condition that puts you at increased risk for developing heart attack or stroke your physician is going to encourage you to be on medications and some of these medications many of you may have heard of before and some of them you may have not but the most common medications that are out there one is niacin that is used most often to decrease your triglycerides as well as phenofibrates or fibrates that are used to decrease your triglycerides and then you have bowel acid sequestrants that decrease your LDL which is your bad Uh, cholesterol or shall I say low density lipoprotein and then you also have the statins which are the most common that individuals hear about and that decreases your LDL as well which is the bad cholesterol and then there's a new form out there that's an injectable type of cholesterol lower medication which I'm not too familiar with but I know a lot of the specialists that I've talked to especially the cardiologists are aware of these forms of injectables so there are different varieties of medications that are available but depending on what levels are abnormal based on your lab results plus your risk factors and this is what a primary care provider or specialist may use to determine what medications are best suited for you in improving your cholesterol levels. Of course, all drugs have side effect risk. However, if you're under the care of a primary care provider or a physician, your levels are monitored closely to see if there's any development of any impact as far as liver or kidney issues on medications. But I must say a majority of my patients do very well if I ended up starting them on a medication to lower their cholesterol. Now, it's not to say if you're started on these medications that you're going to be on them for life. It may just be temporary, but each case is individualized. So I like to make sure that you're aware of that. Your physician should be discussing any potential side effects that you may feel with taking certain medications. So feel free to bring that up with your physician who is interested in starting medications, especially if they do not mention any potential side effect risks that are most common that you may feel with starting a new medication. But I always emphasize that most patients do very well. However, there is a small percentage of patients having side effects with taking these medications. And so, you know, you may be asking yourself, how often should I have my cholesterol checked? Now, majority of individuals who are healthy, no risk factors, you probably could get your cholesterol checked every four to six years. And that's based on the American 
heart association website however if you have risk factors that i mentioned earlier such as diabetes high blood pressure you're a smoker you have history of inactivity being overweight obese then of course you may have to have your levels checked more frequently than that four to six year time frame but of course that's individualized and something that you need to talk with your primary care physician or specialist about but the main thing that i want to emphasize before wrapping up this episode is that number one if you do not have a primary care physician men please establish care with a primary care doctor know your numbers know your family history and if already have an established primary care provider and it hasn't been discussed in regards to your cholesterol levels and your risk factors feel free to bring it up it's important to know your numbers to decrease your risk of developing these major complications men that I mentioned because you're at higher risk of developing atherosclerosis which is developed majority from increased cholesterol levels so you want to minimize that by knowing your numbers and making sure that you're implementing the appropriate lifestyle is for as healthy lifestyle behaviors including exercise nutrition and if medication is warranted based on your risk factors and the calculations from your primary care physician and closely monitored by someone that can help you improve your numbers so women encourage the men in your lives if they may not be checking out this episode to get checked out this month which is considered men's health month the month of june And if they haven't scheduled an appointment, women, please encourage them to do so or go as far as scheduling one for them if they don't mind you doing it. That wraps up this episode. I hope it has been helpful. Please leave a five-star review on your streaming platform of choice. And please feel free to share this podcast episode with friends and family and encourage them to subscribe. And this is your host, Dr. Dion. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe and feel free to tell your family and friends to check out the podcast. And remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and the thoughts and opinions do not constitute medical advice.